You're listening to CapChat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. This is CapChat. Okay. Well, so let's let's get into the meat of this 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 thing um, with new new leagues. Um, this this started. So there's two two things happening. The two newest things that that. But we'll talk about the first one is um, there's a bunch of MLS next clubs that are not connected to an MLS team that have bounced and now formed the National Academy League. Um, so it was 54 clubs are now have have been a part of this new league. Um, what was happening is is a, you know a, a STL City. Um, or you know, Sporting KC, they have an MLS team and they have an MLS Next team. Um, and so well, there's other clubs that were not connect directly connected with an MLS team that were still an MLS Next team. So now they have branched off in their own and have started the National Academy League. Um, so that gives us another league out there. Um, and we'll dissect these, se- but then separately... The regional league for boys have added another 40 teams. So it has now expanded that league even more. Um, so those are the two things that has prompted these conversations. Um, uh, so I want to kind of see what that looks like uh, from recruitment's perspective and, and all the numerous leagues. Um, Steve, I know you are part of a world that has the National Academy League uh, up with New York Rush. And so um, we'll let you start with that and talk a little bit about what that league is or what your thoughts are on it. And preemptive here, guys, we have we are not this is not represent all of Rush Soccer views, by the way. So um, please don't call Rush Soccer if you disagree with one of this. We're not saying we hate any leagues. We're just talking about the effect of recruitment. There's our disclaimer. So calm down, Karens. If you, if you disagree with me, you're more than welcome to contact Rush Soccer instead of me. That would be great. One eight hundred Steve goes skiing. That's right. Go ahead, Steve. What um, do we got? Okay, so if I'm a team in a club, um, and we can get into a league that's got better competition, in general, I think that's a good thing. Um, if you're currently in a league and are playing in competition where the majority of your teams within your club are in the top one or two in the league every single year, and you want to go try and bite off a little bit more with a higher level league, I think that's a good thing, right? So I, th- I think extending yourself from a competition standpoint is a really good thing. Um, in general, I think it makes sense that um, the highest level college coaches will be at the highest level youth events, right? So the very top schools want to be where the very top kids are. And that'll always be a constant. It doesn't matter what the league is called. doesn't matter what letters are in front of it. Um, College coaches, I think, are very, very good and keen at finding the kids that they think are going to help their college win. Um, I think where that gets tricky is when you start to get leagues that water themselves down to the point where now your games, you know, you have a game where first place in your league is beating last place in your league, eight, nothing, right? Because nobody wants to go watch it. 
right? It's not worthwhile to watch that game from a college recruiting standpoint. Um, so I think leagues have to do be very careful about uh, creating opportunities for play where just about everybody in the league's got an equal chance of winning, right? Give or take. Okay, and games stay pretty tight. Um, I also think from a development standpoint, the tighter games can stay throughout your youth career. Uh, and the more you have to really compete day in and day out to try and win those games, the better player you become. Um, I think that's probably a constant. You know, the the harder the competition, the more focused you have to be and diligent, and the more you've got to, you know, make sure that you have a good game or you will lose. Then we teach kids how to have good games more often than bad games, right? And consistency goes up. Um, <clears throat> now, I think it's tricky because um, – a lot of these leagues are not connected financially or administratively. And so they all have their own objectives, which I think probably most of them are other than maybe the MLS one now is, is probably financially driven. And so, you know, they want to add more clubs. They want to add more teams, but anytime you add a lot more teams, you know, like when I hear, Oh, they're going to add 40 more teams. You're like, Oh, it just means it's more watered down now. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Anytime you take a league and they break apart and they form two other leagues, you know, then you wonder, all right, well, which one's going to kind of win that battle? So like right now that, you know, who's going to win the battle of the National Academy League and ECNL, right? Who's going to win that battle on the boys' side? I have no idea. I'm not sure how that's going to shake out. Um, I don't know. If, I think it's probably way too early to tell how that's going to shake out because you had – you know, people thought probably MLS Next was, was the number one on the boys' side for m most of the country. Uh, there's definitely parts where it's not, though. Um, ECNL was the top one in some parts of the country. And then in general, you probably had ECNL, and then you had some periphery leagues coming down below that. So now that you've split the very top one into two, but you've added clubs that weren't in the MLS Next to begin with, or ECNL, some of them, it'll just it'll be tricky to see how that shakes out. Um, I think in general, if you could have the entire youth structure under the same organization that tiers their teams by <laughs> level, then we'd be doing a great thing. But we don't, so we'll chase the next Alphabet Soup League around and see how they do and see what letters seem to be the top letters in the country, and that's where coaches will go. Steve, I think you solved the problem. Just we need everyone to work together and think about for the think about the kids first, and we're we're great. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> right, so, are you still thinking that the MLS next, the true MLS next? And I guess for those who don't know, if your true MLS next is connected with an MLS team, you play for free. So, it, it, the sporting, the St. Louis City MLS next, there's no cost to it. Now, in St. Louis, we had St. Louis Scott Gallagher but they have to pay, and it's kind of the, the same. When I first read this about the, the, the splitting off, my, my assumption was these the non-connected MLS clubs just couldn't compete with ML, the true MLS academies because the MLS academies are free, and these guys weren't. So it was like instead of fighting for it, they said, oh, okay, we're just going to start our own league. I don't know, but that was my, that was my gut reaction of – we're splitting off because we can't compete. So it's yeah. almost like this now is going to be the second tier of MLS next is still going to be the top tier. I don't know. Yes, for sure. But I also, I think 
you know, you get blended results when you take the top of anything and the bottom of anything, you know, just yeah. like when we, when we talk, uh, you know, in recruiting of NCA division one, two, and three, right. Your top, uh, NCA team, division one teams are there at the top, but then uh, you get to a point where they start to blend. Right. And you get some division three teams that are better than twos and ones. And then, you know, everything kind of blends together. So it's going to be the same. I mean, the very top ECNL teams in the country easily go and beat the bottom of the MLS, MLS next slate every day. Right. And so there's a definite blend there. But I think this move takes the clubs that are connected with an MLS club that they say, here's how we're going to do it. Right. This is the level that we want to try and promote. And I actually like it because, you know, when MLS Next or when the Development Academy started before MLS Next, I mean, that was the goal was to produce more pros and in our country and and find the top kids and give them a professional environment that hopefully gives us more professional players. Uh, but I don't think that that's being done at every MLS Next team in the past two or three years because. I mean, half those kids go play Division Three, right? They're not even on an athletic scholarship, and they don't have aspirations of playing pro. Um, you know, so like, it was it it was designed to do one thing, and then it got really watered down, I think. And we started adding a lot of different clubs, and every, obviously, every club wanted that title. You wanted to be in MLS next, but that doesn't mean you're churning out pros like, you know, the true MLS clubs maybe are. So. I think just keeping the MLS top tier division of youth separate, I think is an interesting move. I, I kind of like it from a country development standpoint. We'll yeah, see what those next two or three levels look like though. Yeah. The next two or three levels with the water down. I mean, Tyler, what are you thinking here on, cause it's the same thing happening on, you know, we're just talking about the boys, but the same thing happened on the, on the girl side, you know, you see no reason like is, is adding, as many clubs as they can, which to me leads to a lot of watering down. But what are you seeing on the women's side, Tyler, with all these leagues popping up? I mean, I, I think that the true answer lies in the intention of the league, right? Is the intention of the league to to be profit-making and, and make money and get as many teams as possible and say that they're getting the best teams when ultimately they're just wanting to get a lot of a lot of good teams, not great teams. And so I, I think the, the true answer lies in the intention of the, these leagues that are that are being formed. Um, if someone says they want to be the best, then they shouldn't accept teams that won't fit into that smaller category of being the best. Um, if they're willing to take a more teams in and build the numbers, then then they're going to of course, sacrifice quality uh, for quantity. So I, I think there's where where your true answer lies. Um, if ECNL on the women's side could tier better, I know there's ECNL RL, which is the regional league, and it, those aren't true top ECNL teams. They're supposed to be the regional better teams. If they can get that organized with maybe less teams at the top and tier it down better than maybe they have something in place in the future, but they have to want to do that. And I don't know if that's a goal of theirs or objective. When you say T, are you talking like a promotion relegation type situation? I'm not going to tell them how to do it. Right. But yeah, sure. That would be one way to handle it. I mean, that's, that's an easy way. Cause I, I mean, 
obviously promotion relegation, the professional ranks here is a whole different conversation, but you know, promotion relegation in, in these leagues could be work. Cause we do it. We well, do some it of the leagues do that. Some of the leagues do that already. The youth yeah, leagues, they have lo- that already. Local, league, local leagues do. I mean, if you finish first in, in, in the local No, league, I mean these big, I mean the bigger ones. I remember when we had our guest on that talked about, what was it back then? The NPL? Uh, for example, I think they were already doing that. Right? You did so get that, promoted to NPL Pro. You're right. Right. So there are already some leagues that are doing that. But then again, that's a whole different league. There's multiple leagues still. So they're just promoting and relegating within the confines of the talent that they have. And one of the tough things from a league perspective is you're usually dealing with an entire club, which at any given year might have a hit or miss year, mm-hmm. right? Where like, you know, our 06s and 07s are unbelievable, but our 08s, maybe that's an off year for the club a little bit. And just because your 08s, you know, go and lose and, and don't do well, it would hard to then split and have every individual team promote and relegate and not do it by club because then you get kids that just jump clubs and they do that anyways. And so they say, well, if that 08 team in town made that league, I'm not playing for this one, right? And then I think you just get more turnover club to club. So you're right because the ECNL, you know, it is an entire club structure, same as NPL. So your entire, you have, you have to be able to field a team in every age group. And so if the 08s win it, and the 06s don't, the 08s are stuck. So you'd have to be able yeah, to right. They keep losing. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Well, from a recruitment's perspective, like, how watered down do we get now? Um, I mean, if, if everyone, and I'm not saying everyone is becoming East Now Regional League, but if there's more East Now Regional League teams, does that water down the importance of and the status of being an ECNL club now? Because like, well, everyone's become an ECNL, right? And now you're you're now these local leagues, and there used to be some good local leagues. Now these local leagues are now you, these kids are being forced to travel because if you want any significant com- competition, even if you're a, a mid level player. Now you have to travel all over the place and really just like, I just want to play locally because I want to go to school locally, but now, but I also don't want to play against crampy competition because that's not going to help me. So now instead of paying a thousand dollars a year, I'm paying $5,000 a year to travel and go to these places that I don't even want to go, but I do want to play in college. And if I don't, so if I don't travel, it hinders my development because now yeah. the local leagues just aren't what they used to be anymore. Oh, for sure. I, I used to say that all the time with our, our daughters, you know, they'd be like U10 and they'd travel four hours for a tournament. And I'm like, I could round up the neighborhood kids and give them the same game. Like, yeah. they're okay soccer players, right? Like, what are we doing? What's the point of all of this? And I feel like youth soccer has turned into large in part tourism business. Oh, for uh, sure. In terms of the, the state of play and the hotel business. Like, I mean, it's all interconnected. You know, it's very much a tourism business. So um, I think that same mindset has creeped into the recruitable ages now, though. We, I mean, I can't tell you how many teams travel four or five hours for one game. Yeah. And then go home. And there's only three college players on either team. You know, you go out <laughs> the game and you're like, I don't know why mom and dad keep doing it. You know, like somebody has to eventually say no and be in charge. But that fear of missing out and parents don't ever want to tell their kids no anymore. Um, Parents are doing it, you know, they're paying, they're traveling. And like, I don't know. 
it seems like a big strain on families, you know, unless you have a really driven player that's definitely going to go play in college, you know, that seems like a big ask to just play in, you know, games where the kid is just generally just likes the game, you know, but doesn't need to travel five hours to find a kid mm -hmm. that's just as good as him, you know, or mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I had a, and I don't know, this was recent. I, I never had been asked this like in, in, in 12 years, a kid said for the kids on your roster right now, what leagues did they play in? Yeah, that was a good oh, question. I've never, I've never been asked that before. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that a player ever cared before, and I don't have like a consistent answer to give that player because I'm like, well, we do have top ECNL kids, we have ECNL RL, we have DPL, we have GA kids, we have kids that never played in any of those leagues but played club. We have a couple kids that just played high school. So I didn't play on a club and they're not bad. So I don't know if you, it may be, I, I guarantee you there will be some teams out there that can answer that. Like, well, we have 90% GA kids or 99% ECNL top level kids. So I guess if, if you're trying to see if you fit into that roster, maybe it's a good question. And I liked it. It was different. And so, but it also showed me like, it, there isn't just one league. Like, I don't know what, it, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to that question that someone's looking for. For sure, because you get it's the questions so or the answers are too vague. You know that would be like you know if I'm a an owner of a club overseas and you know I'm looking at players that are done with college and bring over and potentially start a professional path. It's like you can't just say, well, what division did you play and have the right answer of what level that kid is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the very bottom Division One team and the worst kid on that roster is way different than. You know, yeah. the top kid in Division One, right? Like this, the, that spectrum of right. whatever that is, 5,000, 10,000 players, whatever that, I don't even know the numbers, but that's a hell of a spectrum. Same with all the, in all these leagues, you know, the difference between top and bottom team to team is big. Difference between players is big. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, I think at the college level, you get coaches that have just tendencies and hot spots around the country and recruiting connections that, you know, are at all different levels, you know, like I'm the same, like we have, you know, kids that have played MLS next, but we also have kids that play MLS next that don't come in and play for us. Right. They don't get on the field. And then we have kids that just played in, you know, a random fourth or fifth tier league, quote unquote, and they come right. in and they're great. Like, yeah, yeah. there's no there rhyme. Kids, there's kids from Sweden that played pretty high level of Sweden. They don't, mm. they don't start for us. You know, yep. it doesn't always translate even internationally. Yep. Well, and I think there's, I mean, ECNL does a really, they're a market machine. So they do such a good job of making you feel if you don't play ECNL, no college is going to look at you. Which, I mean, good for good for their marketing director. But there's a lot of areas that they don't, there's not an ECNL RL or anything within four hours. Or there's a someone running the ECNL uh, who they hate, um, you know, just... Hypothetically, or something. Yeah. Hypothetically, Rory Dame, she just got booted from the NWSL and is still coaching a ECNL team called the Eclipse. But hypothetically, so <laughs> do you, I mean, and they just say I don't want to play for that guy. And but I still think, like, and you guys may disagree, coaches aren't going driving three hours to watch one game. Like they don't have the budget for it, they don't have the time for it. Certainly during their college season, 
And so they can pick and choose what they want to see. They're going to go to a showcase. Now, if you got an ECL showcase versus a normal showcase and you're a top tier college, you're probably going to the ECL showcase, but showcase is where it's at. So, you know, Steve, you, you guys talked about the travel driving four hours to play one or two games, you know, one game in a weekend. Coaches aren't going to those games. Like they're no. not. And so if you're on a good club team and you guys are doing well, then you're going to showcases and playing against, um, playing against top tier teams. Personally, I think you're still going to get, now you still got to do the work of getting reaching out and you probably got to do a little more work than, than an average kid, but you still get looks, you still get noticed. I mean, I don't know. Disagree if you guys want on that. No, for sure. And I think it's more important that, well, and this maybe is for coaches and club admins that when you go to a showcase, you want to be in one of the top one or two brackets, right? Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes the fields are spread out, you know, and like if you're not in one of the top brackets, your field is 20 minutes away and no college coaches are going to that one either. So, you know, I think you got to pick and choose your competition wisely. You don't want to just reach so high into these leagues where you're losing every game. You don't want to reach so high in the showcases that you go to and just barely get in. And now you're in the ninth tier bracket of the showcase where you're not going to get any college coaches there anyways. Yeah. Um, you know, you, I think you got to know what colleges you're trying to attract and find the showcases where you're going to be one of the marquee teams there. And so anybody that is there, you know, they're going to be really impressed with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think it's tough too, because a lot of these kids, you know, something like, again, these teams are traveling to Vegas and all the, and, and, you know, as a younger age, like, I'll be honest this weekend, Harrison's he's 10. We're going to Memphis. Now we're going to Memphis because it's fun. Like it just, it is what it is. It's fun for the parents. It's a selfish move. It's fun for the parents to go fun and the kids enjoy it because they bond. Now that's the reason as they get older, it may not be a trip for them anymore because our team may not be at the level that we want to travel to Memphis. Um, you know, so, but that was Steve's point. If right. tourism, club soccer, like they're they're, one, they're they're combined, they're one and the same. That's, it's that's the reason people going. go. Tyler, it's the reason people go to Rockford around here. I mean, and, and Steve up there, you know, you guys have the a sod farm that has turned a, into a million dollar business. It was a sod farm, and it's but it gets people there, and the entire town now benefits from it. So. Uh, I don't know. I like I think the facilities too for showcases where you can, I mean, they've got 20 to 30 to 40 fields right at the same location. I mean, it's yes. a pain. It's a big animal, but at least the college coaches now don't need to drive 20 minutes to go watch a kid just because he's not in the top flight. I think that helps overall, you know, those like mid range teams get seen. I think in general showcases are doing less and less for kids for, I mean, for coaches. Um, and I think showcases, there's so many showcases, but I think, and, and you know, and I don't know the, the metric of why showcases do well and why all of a sudden it had a hundred coaches last year and 20 this year. But I think in general showcases, it is a money business and without college coaches, you're not having teams. And so it starts That's dropping hard. off. <clears throat> so if well, any yeah. tournament directors listen to this, suck up to college coaches because college <laughs> coaches start, I mean, they stop attending. Then, then teams stop, stop attending the showcase. College coaches will drive it. They're going there to be seen by college coaches. And if you got five coaches, like in PDT, Tyler, how many were there? Fifty, maybe. Yeah, two maybe. Years, two years ago, there's two hundred. Yep. That's an issue. That's a long way to travel to be in front of forty colleges. You can go up to. I just drove to Minnesota and had forty colleges. Way cheaper of a trip. Yep. 
I don't know. I don't know. But let's do some final words here. I, I could ramble about this forever. Let's do some final words. What are your suggestions then if you're a player? How do we get noticed? What's the thought here on these water on all these clubs? Uh, Steve from the men's and Tyler from the women's. What, what do we What do we got to do? Solve the world's problems in a minute. I think you got to send emails and reach out to schools where you're going to be highly valued. I think just the whole notion of kids trying to reach to a level that they can't play at. Mm. It's frustrating. It's demoralizing. It takes a lot of time. It makes the kids and the parents a little bit jaded about the recruiting process. You know, why is my kid not being seen? And why didn't they answer the email? And you're like, they didn't answer the email because you're not going to go in and play for them. Right. If you were, they'd answer your email. I guarantee it. Right. Like college yeah. coaches are full time and they're trying their best to win more games than they did last year. And so if there's ever a highlight video that comes across my email and I think that that kid's going to come in and score 20 goals, you bet your bottom dollar. I'm texting that kid every 10 days for the next seven months of his life. Right. And and that's, I think, where people get it wrong is they think the recruiting process is so hard because they're just looking in the wrong places, right? Um, I was on a call the other night with a, a team and I said, you know, girls, hear me out. Here's how you decide value. I said, look, what if I tried to sell you my iPhone for $50,000? Would anybody buy it? No. How about 40? No. How about 30? No. What if I said, you give me 20 bucks, I'll give you this iPhone. Every one of them. Yes, that's value, right? Now we found our lower point where everybody wants you as a player, right? Or iPhone's 20 bucks. Now start reaching up. You've got momentum. You've got this like really happy feeling of, wow, I'm wanted, right? That coach really likes me. Now go up a little bit. How about 50 bucks? How about a hundred bucks? Right? And like, that's kind of how you see your value. Stop selling yourself for 50 grand and having everybody tell you no for nine months straight. I think it's demoralizing. I think it, it that is the frustrating part, right? Is, is that's why kids think, well, there's not a right fit for me out there. I guarantee there's a right fit for you out there, right? Like if you really want it, most players that play for, you know, rush clubs or reputable clubs can go find a place to play. You're just not looking in the right places first. I like the self analysis. Another Steveism. I've, I've actually, so I've, I've taken Steve's idea and I've, I've tried to like box it in and market it. And I like my, my phrase I use all the time is make sure you answer the door. Okay, I'll give you an example. Like we had a kid that she really wanted Iowa, right? Big Ten school, had some success recently. They're, they're good school. Wasn't getting the same love back from Iowa. Went to a showcase, got an email uh, from Western Kentucky, right? Mid-major, quality school. Um, decided, to get, decided to answer the door, give them a chance. Went to Western Kentucky on a visit, absolutely loved it. Then you're back from Iowa, recently committed to Western Kentucky. Didn't put all the marbles into the basket of the schools that didn't want her. Answered the door to someone that said, we saw you, we value you, we think you'll help the team. Just come check out our campus. Did it, happy that she did it, made the right decision, made the right fit. Answer the door. That's, that's what I try to tell our kids when we're in there. Just the door swings both ways. You can't keep pushing one way. Let you know. Let the other people that are really interested in you come in and see why they're interested in you. That could show you your true value. I like that. I like it too. So we're selling cell phones. <laughs> Open door the door. Door. <laughs> door to door. Open the it's door. Our fundraiser. Uh, it's <laughs> our fundraiser. You guys want to pay me fifty grand for it? I'll take. It. <laughs> 
This is this has been fantastic. So it's always been good to have Team Cap on here on Cap Chat. Um, we covered a lot of topics, but um, the alphabet soup of leaks continue. Do your best, um, guys. We are here to help. I promise you, every step of the way, we're here to help. So please don't step back and and, and not ask for help because you guys have you guys have help here. So um, thanks again. This has been Cap Chat Live for Steve and for Tyler and Stephen Tyler. Yeah. <laughs>